Well, tonight, um, as we are worshiping, I, uh, I wanted to bring this up. Some people sometimes wonder, you know, where did, where did the name for this church come from? Somebody says, why do you call it Res, why is it Res Life? It's not really Res Life. It's really Resurrection Life Church. And here's why we called it Resurrection Life, where the Lord led us to name this church Resurrection Life Church in 1986. We changed the name. And it went from the People's Church to Resurrection Life Church. And here's where the basis of the Resurrection Life Church comes from. It's when Lazarus was, um, he was dead, right? You remember Lazarus died, Mary and Martha's brother, Lazarus, he died, right? He was in the grave, and, and Martha and Mary going, man, if you'd been here, what the heck, Jesus, you know, he's dead, you could have stopped it. What gives? That's pretty much what Mary and Martha did. And Jesus said to um, Martha, Martha said, you know, in the last day I know he'll rise, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? That's where we got the name for this church. Because though you were dead, yet shall you live. It's good news. Resurrection life. So that's why our church, your church, is called Resurrection Life. So fun facts to know and yell. While we were worshiping also, we were, we were talking, um, we've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit. One of the things I wanted to do tonight is I'm just going to read 1 Corinthians 12, starting with verse 4, if you've got that up there. First, hey, it's right behind me. used to be over there, now it's over here. Okay. It's better. Does it look better than it used to? Okay, good deal. Then we're, then we're going in the right direction. It says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences in ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities in activities, but it's all the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, and to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these, distributing to each one individually as, say it, He wills. Who is he? The operative word is he, and he is the Holy Spirit. They're his, they're his gifts, and he distributes them as he wills, as he decides. So there's really, there's, there's nine gifts of the Spirit there, okay? And they're in three groups of three. So I'm going to do a, just a quick review here. The first ones are going to be word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Those are called the revelatory or the revelation gifts because they reveal something. So that'd be the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits because they reveal something. Next would be the power gifts, which would be the gift of faith, the gift of healings, and the working of miracles. So the gift of faith, which is usually coupled by any number of good things happening afterwards. 
gift of healings, gifts of healings, which have to do with healing people from both emotional and spiritual and physical maladies, and the working of miracles, which basically is the suspension of natural law to accomplish one of God's purposes. And then finally, the speaking gifts are prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. That would be called the speaking gifts. Now, many times people want to argue about the gifts of the Spirit, whether they're for today, whether they're not for today, whether they have any place in, in a Christian's life in 2021. And I would say they belong very firmly entrenched in the operating daily basis of a Christian's life to be seeking spiritual gifts, to be seeking the Holy Spirit's gifts, to be operating in our life. So wisdom is the first one. It's the word of wisdom. And many people refer to the word of wisdom as if you look into like uh, mainline, some mainline denominations and then just the general world of academia, they would tell you, well, that's just wisdom. And you get wisdom by experience, mentorship, and education. That's what they would say. They would say, well, that's just wisdom. A word of wisdom is just wisdom. Well, no, it's not. A word of wisdom is the gift of the Holy Spirit, supernatural revelation concerning people or places or things, usually referencing the future. That's really the definition of the word of wisdom. It's, again, a gift of the Holy Spirit, supernatural revelation concerning people, places, or things, usually referencing the future. So if you can, if you can kind of get a grasp on this, word of wisdom has to do with future. It's similar to prophecy. It has to do with the future. And then you, you so that's the first one. So they say it's just wisdom, but really it's a word from God, a supernatural revelation. And then there's the word of knowledge. So now they just, again, they're going to talk about knowledge and they're going to say, well, that's just, you know, education and experience and just learning things and that's what knowledge is. That's what a word of knowledge is. Again, that's not the biblical definition of the word of knowledge. Word of knowledge is supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God concerning the divine purpose in the mind and the will of God, usually referencing the past or the present. A word of knowledge is not a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, they aren't for the giver. They aren't like if I'm going to operate in the gifts of the Spirit or if you're going to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, they aren't for you. They're for other people. They're for the people around you. So when, when you're going to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, you're going to operate for others. It's to bless other people. One of the primary purposes of operating in the word of knowledge is that the recipient of a word of knowledge should feel known and loved by God. That's your end goal. Our end goal, if you have a word for somebody, when you're done with that word, when you're done giving them that word, they should feel known and loved by God. That's your end goal. It's not that they think you're cool because you operated in a word of knowledge. That's not the purpose. The purpose is that they would feel known and loved by God. So we are, to, we are to offer that to them as, as the Holy Spirit's gift to them through us. So as we look at the word of knowledge is really God just reaching out through us to tell his children that he loves them. That's the way you've you got to look at the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are God reaching out through us 
to his other children to reach out and to tell them that he loves them and that he's thinking about them. There's been a, we went to a conference um, on the 15th, so a couple weeks ago, and one of the things that happened at the conference is they, they got up and they had some, some words of knowledge for different people, some prophecies and some words of knowledge. And one of the things that I talked to one of the recipients who, who they, God, through this person, called them out of the crowd, had them stand up, and, and they delivered a very specific, very, I knew both people, it was very spot on, very accurate word, and they both left, and this is what they said, I feel so, I feel so loved. I feel known by God that he knows what I'm going through. He knows what I'm thinking. And it just does my heart so much good to know that God knows where I am. See, that is a proper application of the word of knowledge because the person felt known and loved by God. See, many times when you look at the gifts of the Spirit or what we've heard that were the gifts of the Spirit, we've seen people that would just boldly proclaim something in it. And if it was wrong, they'd say, well, no, I'm never wrong. I'm the man of God. And they would, you know, and they were rather sometimes prideful and and it just didn't seem right. Here's the newsflash. It wasn't right. Because if you're going to flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the first prerequisite of flowing is humility. And realizing that it's God reaching out to his people through us and that is a humbling experience. So first, first order of business, make sure you understand this isn't about you, it's not about me, it's not about the giver, it's about the receiver. And understand that your, your job is to tell God's people that he loves them, that he sees them, that he knows them, and he has them on his mind. Because that's one of the, the, the primary purposes of a word of knowledge. It's just to, so people can see that, that God knows their situation and he has their number. So another gift of the Spirit is a gift of faith. We'll say, well, how does that work? Let's talk, we're going to talk primarily about this this evening. The, the gift of faith. Well, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, so faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's substance and evidence. A definition of faith, here's, here's, a, here's a expanded definition of faith for you. Faith is being certain that something has transpired in the unseen spiritual realm and you're awaiting its manifestation in the seen natural realm. So if you have faith that by Jesus' stripes you were healed, you believe that in the spirit realm, Jesus already paid the price for your healing and you're awaiting its arrival in the seen natural realm. That's, that's what faith is. You believe something that you cannot see is, has, has transpired. Now, in Romans 12, verse 3, it says, For I say to you through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So he's given each one of us a measure of faith. God's dealt to every person a measure of faith. 
And faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. Without faith, it's impossible to even please God. And here's the kicker. By grace, you've been saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast, Ephesians 2.8. So all these uses of faith, but yet one of the gifts of the Spirit is faith. So what's the difference between by grace you've been saved through faith, not of works, and the gift of faith? Is that a reasonable question? To me, that's a question that needs to be answered. We're going to try to partially answer that for you tonight. The gift of faith is a supernatural endowment of the Spirit where words spoken are accomplished. Sometimes there's just a gift of faith and you start speaking things and calling things that be not as though they were and no matter if it takes a few days, you never, never get off of it and then you see the manifestation give you a couple examples of this in my life. Now I'm going to pre I'm going to preface this next story with this. It's not a story, it's what happened first of all. And next when you desire to operate in the gifts of the spirit. It says earnestly desire spiritual gifts. So it's a good thing. God wants you to operate in the gifts of the spirit. I mean, you need to just look at yourself and say, I need, God wants me to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. God wants to flow through all of us because why? Because then he can reach out to the rest of his people directly and use us to get their attention. Because that's a lot of times what the gifts of the Spirit do is they simply get somebody's attention and let them know that God loves them. So, but most of the time when a power gift is needed, and when I say a power gift, you know what I said? Faith, healing, and working of miracles, right? So those are the power gifts, okay? Unfortunately, when a power gift is needed, it requires a crisis. Because you don't need a miracle unless there's a crisis, right? You don't need a healing unless there's a crisis. And most of the time... You don't need your faith unless there's a crisis. Or many times we stuff it under the seat, right? And then we pull it out when we have a crisis. Oh, i got to have my faith, right? Otherwise, it's under the front seat. The reality is, for the gifts of the Spirit, particularly the power gifts, to be really flowing, unfortunately, it requires a crisis. It requires something very wrong and very urgent. If you look at all the times when Jesus functioned in these gifts when he was on the earth, it was always somebody's life was on the line or somebody was incurably sick or something radical was going on, right? And that's when these gifts were flowing. Same thing is true with the apostles. If you look at, oh, we'll just go there. If we look at the the. 27th chapter of Acts. You, this is not in the notes above, so you'll have to just listen to me for a minute because I did this late this afternoon and after I'd already sent my things here. So the Apostle Paul is on his way to Rome and he's told them, here's what he says in verse 10, um, Acts 27, verse 10. 
Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of cargo, but also of lives. What is that? It's word of wisdom, because it has to do with the future, right? So he right away operates in the word of wisdom right there. Then they go, so they, they take off anyway. They don't listen to him. And then it says in verse 19, on the third day, we threw our ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. All hope that we would be saved was finally given up. Everybody had said, okay, we're all going to die, right? Verse 21, in the middle there, it says, Paul said to the people, men, you should have listened to me. You should not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you, take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship will perish. Again, word of knowledge, direct revelation from God, helping the people on the ship. Then later he says, the angel came to him and said, do not be afraid, Paul, for you must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all of those who sail with you. So then an angel appears to him. But you know what's happening? A crisis. So if you want to avoid crisis, you aren't, if you want to get in the middle of Holy Spirit gifts, just get around crisis and start praying a lot, right? And uh, the, the Lord moves, and though he's in a shipwreck. I mean, I've never been in a shipwreck, thank God, but it can't be fun. You're in the middle of the ocean and your ship is sinking. Titanic, here we come, right? Um, not good. So, we, so the Apostle Paul says, take heart, for I believe that God, that it will be just as God has told me. We must run aground. Then it goes, go forward. Then they were all encouraged and they took, took food for themselves. And Paul says to them, not a hair will fall from your head, any of you. And it says there was 276 people on this ship. So then, that's, so he had a couple words of knowledge. He had a visit from an angel. This is the Apostle Paul. Then he, they finally run aground. They go to the island of Malta, and, he, and he's gathering wood to make a fire, and a snake comes out and fastens itself on his hand, a deadly, like a rattlesnake, just bites him on his hand, and it won't let go. And she, he shook it off in the fire, it says. So not only was he shipwrecked, now he was snake bit. Sounds like a bad few weeks, right? So he, he sna- shakes this thing off, and he doesn't die. And then they tell him, hey, Publius, who is like the governor of the island, hey, he's sick. Paul walks in there, lays hands on him, and he heals the like leader of the whole place. They end up with a revival with all the people on the island getting healed because Paul ran aground. Paul had a couple operations of the gifts of the Spirit, an angelic visitation, runs aground, gets snake bit, and then he ends up healing a whole village. And you can't tell me that those 276 sailors weren't watching the whole time. And not one of them died when they all thought they were going to die. See, so that is the operation of a whole bunch of the gifts of the Spirit all at the same time. He's got words of wisdom, words of knowledge. He's got working of miracles. I mean, he shook that, shook that uh, snake right off into the fire. He's got gifts of healings in operation. All in operation right there in one particular instance. Many times, the gifts of the Spirit run in clusters. There'll be three, four, five of them at a time because that's what you need at the, at the particular time. See, so the gift of faith 
is a supernatural endowment of the Spirit where words spoken shall be accomplished, period. Words are spoken that shall be accomplishment, accomplished. There could be other circumstances that indicate otherwise, but the person stands strong. Because as the Spirit wills, it's not under our control. For instance, Abraham had the gift of faith. God told him that his, that his descendants were going to be as the sands of the sea and the stars of the sky. And yet he was 90 years old and he didn't have a child. And his wife was beyond childbearing years. And he still didn't have a child. But it says that in Romans 4, against hope, in hope he believed. And it was credited to him as righteousness. So he believed God even though he didn't see any evidence and he kept believing God even though he didn't see any evidence. You know what that is? That's the gift of faith. So you can have faith, you can build your faith, but that's the gift of faith when you are walking in it for, for, for days and weeks and months and years. See, Romans ten seventeen says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Faith comes by hearing and you, and you develop your faith by exercising your faith. But the gift of faith kind of skips that process and goes right to the end. Give you an example. <clears throat> Many years ago, I was diagnosed with what is called chronic ulcerative colitis. It's an intestinal immune system disorder where you develop um, <clears throat> ulcers all up and down your colon and it's very painful, and you end up getting really skinny because you can't eat anything, and uh, you can't digest your food right, and it doesn't, everything doesn't go right, and you're bleeding all the time, and it was very painful, a lot of cramps. And I had that when I was 22 years old. I am now 58, thank you. And, uh, but I was 22. I was, should not have been sick, I was sick. I had this autoimmune disorder, and my body was attacking itself, basically. So there, there was no cure for this and no real treatment for it. They gave you some stuff, azulfidine and some other different things, but prednisone, but nothing helped. And it was like a year I had been dealing with this, this malady. And um, I, I was down under 140 pounds. For me, I still had this upper body and I weighed 140 pounds. I was like... Uh, a, a twig. Um, I'm about 100 pounds heavier than that right now, just to put it in reference. But, so you know, I don't have that malady anymore. I can prove it. Um, I got other issues, but not that one, right? But, so a year of this is going on. I got saved. I started hearing about that, that Isaiah 53 said that he was wounded for our, our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that brings us peace was upon him, and by his wounds you were healed, or by his stripes you were healed. Operative word, were. It's already paid for. It's included in the atonement. So I started, I started just meditating on that. And then I got worse, and I started bleeding more. And I got an infection in my, in my abdomen from all the blood, and I, I spiked 104 fever, and I was on my back, and I couldn't move, and it was Good Friday, but I had been listening to the Word of God literally all day, every day for weeks, specifically on healing. I had been listening to healing scriptures for weeks on end, 
And it was Good Friday, and I decided that I was going to go to church even though I had, um, even though I had a really bad fever and I, I, I'd been just miserable. And I said, I'm going to go to church. My mom said, that's because I wasn't married at the time. She said, you're too sick to go to church. I said, I'm going to go to church, and I'm going to get hands laid on me. I'm going to have oil anointed on my head, and I'm going to come home well. You know what had happened? I had been putting the word in, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And so I'd been putting the word in, putting the word in, putting the word in, putting the, just keeping on chugga, 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 putting the word in for weeks. And I suddenly, not really suddenly, suddenly but over many weeks, faith came and I felt like no matter what happened, I was going to come home well. And what that is, is I, I, the gift of faith was in operation for my own, for my own self. And so I came to church, and they laid hands on me, and he did a little cross on my forehead with oil, and he said, be healed in Jesus' name. And you know what? I went back to my seat, and I had such terrible back pain, I couldn't sit. I had such a migraine, I couldn't see. But I went back to my seat, I still had a migraine, my back still hurt. My sister goes, well, I go, I'm healed. And she she said, how do you feel? Doesn't matter. Leave me alone. I'm not saying a word. So she says, well, I better take you home, because I couldn't even drive. I had such bad um, migraines, I couldn't, even, I couldn't even see straight. So she says, she's going to take me home, and I said, I want to go out to eat. You have to understand, I hadn't eaten in two weeks. I had eaten nothing but jello and bullion, chicken awful bullion. Still don't like it. That's all I'd eaten for two weeks in jello, because I couldn't keep anything else in. And I said, I want to go out to eat. She goes, you can't go out to eat. I said, this is my sister. I said, take me to the restaurant. So she took me, and I ordered a club croissant sandwich and a chocolate shake. And that would have put me in the hospital if I ate that, because it would have just tore me up. So, but I ordered it, and while I was praying for our food extra long, because I knew what was happening, I was praying for our food extra long, when I opened my eyes, my headache was gone. My back pain was gone. I ate the club croissant and chocolate malt, and I never bled a drop again. I never bled a drop again. Never. And I went home. I stayed up all night that night. I couldn't sleep. God had healed me. Deliver- I was, I was going to have a colon, uh, uh, whatever that's called, the bag. I was going to have one of those. I was 22. I was an athlete. I was like, I can't have one of those bags. That doesn't work with my plans. Right? But God delivered me, healed me completely. And to this day, I don't, I've just had, uh, now I'm 58, right? So I've had my colonoscopies, okay? I've had them. I'm clean. There's no scar tissue. I'm good. Well, how can that be? How could I have all tore up? holes as big as quarters in my colon, and now 30-some years later, how can it be perfect? I can tell you how. The gift of faith and the working of miracles and the gift of healing all kind of working together at once. And by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. So many times what happens is that when you've been healed of something, you have faith for that thing. 
And I can tell you, before, while I was sitting there, and I've never done this before, so if there's nobody here, then whatever. I'm just being obedient. I'm just trying to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. As I was sitting there before service, I was not going to do this. I've never done this before. In 36 years, I've never done this. I have faith, and I believe, for those, anybody in here that has bleeding in your digestive tract, so whether that's Crohn's, chronic ulcerative colitis, or anything on that nature. If you have bleeding in your digestive tract, I want you to come forward right now and I'm gonna lay hands on you and we're gonna believe God together. Anybody here like that that has bleeding on your intestinal tract of any kind? Okay? If you're online and that's you, I want you to comment to Daniel right now, and as soon as we get it, he'll come up here, and we're going to agree with you whatever, wherever you are online right now. If that's you, and you've got the bleeding internally in your intestinal tract, whether it's colon or in your large intestine or, or bleeding in your intestinal tract, we'll call it that. So if that's you, you tell Daniel, he'll come up here, we'll agree with you. I'm just being obedient, and I don't feel bad in the least that nobody stood up. Here's why. It's not my gig. He told me to do it. I did it. Oh, well, it's on him, right? That's how the gifts of the Spirit work. See, it's not on you if you have, if you feel like you're supposed to tell somebody something and they look at you like you're crazy or like, dude, what are you doing? Go away. Leave me alone, you freak. If that's the way they look at you, you know what you need to do? You need to look at them and say, well, Jesus loves you and uh, I'm, I'm hoping this blesses you, and, and if it doesn't, sorry. And just keep smiling and realize it ain't about you. And you just practice. You keep practicing. Because sometimes it really is the right word, and they just don't want to talk about it, or they don't know you, and so they just say, no, I don't mean nothing to me. And then later, privately, they come to you and go, I was embarrassed, I didn't want you to didn't want everybody to know what my business, but yeah, that was about me. Happens all the time, okay? That's okay. So as the giver of a word, or as the giver of a word of wisdom, you need to realize that it's not your problem. You deliver the word, and you deliver it with humility, and the purpose of all the gifts of the Spirit are always to bless others, to let them feel known and loved by God whether it's a word of wisdom, whether it's gift of healing, whether it's gift of faith. There's different times where the gift of faith, you can't explain it. You just end up in a situation and you just handle it. When, when, my, when my friend was right in front of me and he got broadsided, he went out the window, landed on his head on the concrete, had a broken neck, broken back, broken pelvis, ear was gone, bleeding. He was laying motionless, not breathing on the street. And I, without even thinking, walked up, picked him up in my arms, which was really a bad thing to do. Picked him, picked him up in, in my arms. He was dead. I looked at him and I said, Jesus, help! And then my next prayer was, death, you can't have him. RJ, come back! And you know what he did? He went, Burn what happened. Totally coherent. Totally like with it. 
looked me right in the eyes and asked me what happened, asked me about his wife, asked me about his son, and then he went back under a coma again. And then I laid him down gently because I didn't want to hurt him, even though he was already hurt. And he fully recovered from that. Now, it took him a few weeks, probably about 10 weeks. He had a broken neck and broken pelvis and all kinds of stuff. You know what? God completely healed him over time of that whole thing. But you know, right there, I wasn't like I planned, you know, if somebody ever gets killed right in front of me, I think I'm going to do this. I never said that once. But when that happened, I just did it. And I started, and I wasn't perfect. It was, ah, help. And then death, get out of here. You can't have him. No. And that's all we were doing. But then he goes, spits blood all over me. And I was happy that he did. But my point is, the crisis made room, but then you have to be available and you have to step out. The crisis is there, but are you going to... But, but see, you can't force these things. I don't want you to start, you know, every accident, run up and start trying to whatever without the Lord's leading. You have to be led of the Lord. This is as He wills. You can't just decide. I've had so many young, young people tell me, well, I'm just going to go empty the hospital. Oh, really? You're more powerful than Jesus because Jesus just didn't empty the hospital. You're a quiet Presbyterian church. But the reality is this. The reality is he went to the pool of Bethesda and it was the porch where all the sick people went. It was like the hospital and he walked over some people while he was there and he went to the man who was seated at the, at the, at the pool and he said, do you want to be well? And, they said, and he said, yeah, but, no, but there's always other people that beat me to the pool because there was an angel that came and stirred the water and then they would, whoever got in there first got healed. So he starts making excuses, not saying, yes, Jesus, I know you're the Son of God. Yes, Jesus, I know you can do this. He never said that. The man at the pool was just too busy making excuses and feeling sorry for himself. But Jesus still had mercy on him and healed him right there. You know what that is? That was a gift of healing. Jesus just said, yeah, you're not trusting me at all. You don't even know who I am. Here, get healed anyway. That's what Jesus did to the guy. He just threw him a bone. He just went, okay, whatever, good. Other people, he said, as you have believed, so be it unto you. Do you believe I can do this? Yes, yes, Lord, be it unto you as you have confessed. See, many times Jesus said, be it unto you as you have confessed or as you have believed. Even blind Bartimaeus, he said, Bar blind Bartimaeus called him son of David, which is key because he recognized the covenant messianic position that Jesus was walking in. Because that's who they call the Messiah was son of David. He was son of David. So even blind Bartimaeus said, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David. Everybody told him to be quiet. But yet he cried all the louder until finally Jesus said, what do you want? You're calling me who I am? I'll do whatever you want. What do you want, blind Bartimaeus? He said that I might see. Bam, he's healed. He can see. That's cool. I don't care what anybody says. That's cool.
Making blind people see, that's a good thing. Oh, we got something? What, what's going on? Come up. Okay, we got a person online. Two. Two? Yeah, we have a Mrs. Sanchez, whose husband is dealing with uh, colitis, ulcerative colitis, as well as uh, Sammy Diaz. Okay, so we have Sammy Diaz, Sammy Diaz and uh, Mildred's husband, Mr. Santos. Mr. Santos. So we're going to stop right here and we're going to believe God and pray with them. I want you to join with me. So Mr. Santos and Sanchez, Sanchez and Santos. Okay, let's just pray together. Father, we pray for Mr. Sanchez and Mr. Santos. In the name of Jesus, we curse ulcerative colitis. We curse the, the immune deficiency or the immune confusion and those cells that are confused. We command every cell to line up with its creative purpose in Jesus' name. We break the power of ulcerative colitis over Crohn's, over any form of autoimmune disorder in the name of Jesus. We break your power and we loose the blood of Jesus over Mr. Santos and Mr. Sanchez in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that you're right now, even right now, Father, health is springing forth speedily in their bodies in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Now, Mr. San Sanchez and Santos, I want you to contact us back. Let us know, and we're going to stand with you, and uh, let's get this taken care of. All right. So faith for healing. That's what happens when we step out and we step into the Spirit, when we realize it's for other people and not for us. It's not just your immune system. Healing isn't just your immune system functioning. It's the, it's the miraculous recovery when medical science and your own body, nothing's changing, and then something changes. That's called healing, uh, healing and operation. When we lay hands on someone and immediately they can hear in that left ear, you know what that's called? That's called a miracle because there was something wrong. There was like a broken eardrum and God repaired that eardrum just like that. When, and that's happened in the last month where we just lay hands on someone that had hearing issues and they could hear. That's just awesome. That's awesome. And it's not, it's not just a select few, but as you earnestly desire to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, Study the gifts of the Spirit. Read your Bible, and when you're reading your Bible, kind of read it with this in mind when you're reading through the book of Acts. Oh, that was a word of knowledge. Oh, wow, that was a working of miracles. Oh, wow, that was a gift of healing. Oh, that was a word of knowledge, too. Oh, that was a word of wisdom. And just read it with that kind of a mindset. And when you do, what's going to end up happening is you're going to be more likely to pick it up yourself when you're in a situation and all of a sudden you feel like, i got to go pray with that person. Why is that? Because you're sensitive to the Spirit's leading. You're sensitive to how he, wants you to how he wants you to function, how he wants you to operate. He wants you to be his agent 
or his person on the earth that shows other people that he loves them. That's your job. Our job as Christians is to represent the kingdom of heaven and represent Jesus to those around us. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you. We welcome we welcome the gifts of the Spirit into our lives. And today, as we, as we close this time together and as we go back into our workaday world, we thank you, Father, that, you, that we don't leave, we don't leave and forget about what we learned here. We look into your perfect law of liberty and then we remember and we operate in it on Thursday through next Tuesday. So we thank you, Father, that today the gifts of the Spirit are released into our midst, that, Father, that we'll be sensitive, that we'll realize that it's to bless others and to let them know how much you love them in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I would just encourage you, your assignment is just to put up your antenna, if you will. Put up your spiritual antenna and be aware of people around you and be aware and ask God to use you with the people around you in this week. Have a blessed week.